Tracy. What do you want? You're wonderful. It's like that movie. What movie? I love you. Nothing else matters. And I love that you are the last person I want to talk to before I go to sleep at night. Can't be anything like love, can it? No. That's a chick's movie. I would say so. Hello everyone, welcome back to romcomp.com. I am your host, Berkeley Powell, and today I have my great friend with me, Claire Christian. Hello, thanks for having me. Yes, so today we are covering the movie Moonstruck. It is from 1987, directed by Norman Jewison. It stars Cher and Nicolas Cage. And let me give you a quick rundown on the synopsis of this movie. Cher plays Loretta Castorini, a 37-year-old Italian widow who agrees to marry Johnny the most lackluster guy in the world. The day after Johnny proposes, he leaves Brooklyn to tend to his ill mother. Little does he know, Loretta and his younger brother Ronnie have stricken up quite the romance. What did you think of it? It was very different from what I'm used to for rom-coms. Mm-hmm. And I, I gotta say, I didn't, I didn't find it very funny. <laughs> there were a few moments that I found funny, but for the most part, it was nowhere near as funny as I thought it would be. I think the comedy aspects was supposed to be surrounding like the Italian stereotype, mm-hmm. like the big Italian family that's loud and they argue and they like are always kind of yelling at each other. Mm-hmm. But I just, I just didn't really find it funny. You didn't find it funny. But there were a few moments. So um, we are going to spoil this movie. So turn back now if you <laughs> are afraid. Basically, it is this big Catholic traditional Italian family living in Brooklyn. She's proposed in the very first scene to this guy that's terrible. <laughs> I wouldn't say he was terrible. He was lackluster. He was extremely lackluster. Lackluster looking, lackluster in his mannerisms. And then the next day, he takes a flight. Following day, she ends up meeting and fucking the brother all in one day. And then just the, the very next day, all this problem ensues. And the day after that, he's back in town and he admits, oh, I cannot marry you. And she's like, perfect. Everything is, it just, I'll give you my thoughts on the movie. There's nothing in this movie that makes it believable to me. Humans don't behave this way. The, it just was too quickly. This happens, isn't it supposed to be about four days? The yeah. span of this movie? Yeah. So day one, she's proposed to. Day two, she bangs the brother. Day three, they go to the opera. Day four, he's back in town. Boom, boom, boom. I just, it's not believable to me that all of this could ensue over this very short period of time. And that was my biggest problem with the movie. And it is everywhere. (laughs) And it really wasn't romantic enough for it to be like, oh, like it was true love. They only had Mm -hmm. like three days together and they knew they wanted to be together. It just like, it wasn't very romantic. And why was Nick Cage's character so tortured? (laughs) I know. He's such an emo boy in this movie. When you speed up the drama the way this movie does, nothing felt earned. I didn't understand why do you love her? You've had one conversation with this woman. Maybe two. There's nothing here to lead me to believe that you guys have extreme chemistry, that she's, I mean, she's desirable, she's beautiful, but it just, that was such a flaw, and I think it's going to kind of trace throughout this movie my opinions. Um, It's directed by Norman Jewison. Are you familiar with him at all? No. (laughs) He's a solid director. Like, he has good movies, but he doesn't have anything that's like a big hit. Like, nothing that's going to be ubiquitous in culture. This is probably, like, his best one. He also directed, like, In the Heat of the Night, which is a big race uh, race relations film in the 60s. And um, he did Fiddler on the Roof, 
Oh, you directed okay. that movie? Yes. yes, which you're familiar with. And then, of course, it stars Cher, who was this pop star, and Nicolas Cage, who had made very few movies at this point. I really thought anything with Cher has got to be incredible. Really? I'd only ever seen her in Mamma Mia 2. Oh, okay, well, <laughs> in her defense, I've, I've only ever seen her in Burlesque too. Okay. But, but she was, I thought she was great in both of those, and I was like, I don't know, I feel like Cher just has this, like, persona all around her. Like, you just, you just mm-hmm. gotta love Cher. Yeah. But in this movie, I don't know, like, I cannot find infidelity funny or romantic. So was that the big thing for you, is you were like, people cheating on each other is not a good premise for a movie, if you want me to like these characters. Yeah, I think it was. And then the moment at the end when they all end up being at the house, Mm -hmm. I thought that was funny, but even that was like a stretch because they're all sitting there knowing that they were cheating on each other. Mm -hmm. And somehow it was kind of funny, which was, you know, a hand to the director. He did a great job finding a comedic moment in that. One single moment of comedy. (laughs) But I don't know, it just wasn't, like, it it was, like, lackluster. There wasn't a lot to it. They never, I wish that, one thing I wish they had done is I wish they had expanded more on Loretta's past marriage. Yeah. That would have given her a lot of backstory, and it would have been good. Um, I probably should have inserted this in the beginning, but this movie was a big critical and commercial success. It has a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. It won three Oscars, which we can talk about. People love this movie, and I just was watching it, and I was like, I don't get it. Is it because I don't have many ties to, like, the Italian-American culture? You know, would it be more relatable? One thing that is extremely relatable for us both is it's very Catholic. Oh, yeah. The scene where uh, Nick Cage is, is talking about bread. He's going off about bread, mm-hmm. and he's like, bread is life. <laughs> I was like, wow, this sounds like Sunday morning. Oh, my God. The f- the funniest scene in the movie to me was definitely the scene where she goes to confession, and she's like, I did, uh, I put the Lord's name in vain. I, I slept with my fiancé's brother. I did this. And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. You slept with your fiancé's brother? And she's like, I did. And he's like, Say the rosary twice. You're in the clear. <laughs> I was like, that's so funny. Because that's literally how it is as a Catholic. Like, you could go in and be like, I murdered this guy yesterday. And they'd be like, here's your penance. Penance. That was really poorly way to execute that word. What's it called, Claire? Penance. There you go. There it is. Claire's better at being Catholic than I am. <laughs> I don't know about that. But, I, yeah, I like that scene, too. And when he says her name, like, he knows her. They, You know, it's yes. a community where... The priest knows everyone, and she goes in and she goes to confession. You can tell she's ashamed because she tries to slip it in in the middle of her sins. Yeah. And uh, he just totally calls her on it. Yeah. So that was, okay, that was a good moment, too. That was, that was to me, that was the only scene in the movie that actually made me laugh out loud. And it's sad because I think part of the reason is because I have been to confession. <laughs> what were some of the big things you wanted to talk about? Uh, I think the main thing that stuck out to me was just the fact that I thought the comedy was surrounding this stereotype of Italian culture that in today's society is not very politically correct or PC. Okay. So I I think that might have been why I didn't find it very funny was because I was like, you're kind of just using this culture as a gimmick. And you know, you can tell from the very beginning, what's the song they play at the beginning? When the moon hits your eye like a pizza. Yeah. Like, they had to throw that in there. Mm -hmm. Every, Every movie about a big Italian family has to have that in there, but it was... It was the only, like, ground that the movie was built on was Italians. Half the cast isn't even Italian. No! You know? (laughs) Cher's what, Arminian? This is directed by Norman Jewison, who's a Canadian filmmaker, by the way. Cher, I don't know what Cher is. Nicolas Cage is technically Italian because he's a Coppola. Coppola as in, like, they did The Godfather and stuff like that. So he's very Italian. Danny Aiello's Italian, but I... 
I mean, Olympia Dukakis, who plays the mother, she's Greek. So, you know, I went into this expecting there to be a lot of like big Italian um, people behind this, and there's really not leading the story. The screenwriter, he's his last name is Shanley. <laughs> so not a lot of Italians involved in this production, but it feels so Italian. Like you can taste the spaghetti, I feel, coming through this. They oh, even, absolutely. The scene opens in an Italian restaurant. And it was, it was cute though, like the Italian restaurant, they walk in and they know you. Yes. And so then you got the, the, forget, the asshole that just is being so horrible to his date. I've never been to New York. You have. I know how the boroughs work and stuff, but it's like they're trying to kind of capture this small town America feel in the middle of New York City. And I'm like, you wouldn't walk into a restaurant and just know it. I mean, they're family, but it seemed like everyone in there was regulars and things like that. And I'm like, you are in the middle of Brooklyn. Does everyone only eat at this restaurant all the time? <laughs> I think they kind of acknowledge that, though, with the scene where um, they go up to the house and the, the guy that was with Rosa or I think that was Rita. her name. There's, Rita, there's a Rose like that. and a Rita. The Rose. Movie. It was Rose. Okay. And they get up to the house and he's like, this is your house? Like, she's yes. like, yes. And he, he's like, well, what does your husband do? And she, he's a plumber just unrealistic for New York but I think that was I think that was supposed to be funny I did not understand that scene and can, you are unable to explain it to me well it was it was just that he can't afford it I don't even know how they can afford it in the scene with the plumber I didn't get that yes I also didn't get that it felt like a lot of scenes were just kind of thrown in there like they didn't develop the things that needed to be developed they just talked about like they just did whatever they wanted yeah that's a really great point because they take this movie in a lot of different directions but it doesn't feel like they follow up on anything. So that's a really great throwaway scene just to kind of set the stage. Um, Loretta's parents appear to be happily married at the start of the movie, your regular um, old couple. And then we later find out that the dad is having an affair. And so the wife is like, oh, well, I'm going to seek my own company. And they give us like this 15 minute scene of buildup just for it to be like, okay, time to go my own way. And I think the point of that was to show well, the wife is clearly loyal. It just seemed to me, though, you don't give the mother enough to do to give her that kind of emotional payoff, if that makes sense. Like, she's not a big enough player in this movie for her to get that little 10-minute throwaway scene when you could focus and you could try to explain to me why she, like, why Loretta's falling in love with Ronnie, you know? Or why she agreed to marry Johnny. Like, take that time to expand on this because that's where I was like what is going on and it did feel like a particularly short movie yes it seemed it went by which thank god right <laughs> <laughs> but no it seemed short I was actually listening to another podcast earlier this morning that covers this movie and they actually made the point they said it should have been longer you rarely say that about a movie but it should have been longer because then we would have had time to flesh out these relationships and make it more believable to your audience because I cannot give you one reason why Loretta's attracted to Ronnie, other than him being attractive. I was about to say, I don't know about you, but... <laughs> <laughs> He's very attractive, and Nicolas okay, Cage is very hot in this movie. I'll give you that. Did you? Know I was surprised. I never thought I'd be attracted to Nicolas Cage. He's 17 years younger than her in this movie. Really? Okay, and I, I remember in the first scene, I was like, that guy, literally, Johnny, looks like her father. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then she gets her hair done. She uh, looks beautiful, as she always does. What a wonderful shared. scene. That was probably one of my favorite parts of this movie. <laughs> I caught on to a lot of things that just 
they're played for comedy, but they're not applicable to where we are now. The joke that, do you love him? No, good. You know, the marriage will be bad if you love each other, you know? That's funny. I thought it was funny, but that doesn't translate, you know, to what we experience as women, you know, <laughs> falling for people. And I, I like how it was kind of an older couple. Mm -hmm. I thought that was interesting because you don't see many rom-coms no. about that, I feel like. But they just, I, I'm just so mad that they didn't expand on the, on her previous husband. Yeah. They the one that she waited out for, that she loved. Is did she, So she did love her previous husband. I didn't catch that. Oh, yeah. She talks about how she she wanted to wait. She wait to, she waited too long to get married. And then when she did, she said, we're going to wait longer to have kids. And then he died and she couldn't yes. have kids. But that's why she wanted to get married so fast is because she was like, I'm unlucky. Oh, and then you get the whole the thing throughout the, the movie, the... Oh, it's it's all luck. Oh, it's a sign. Or yes, this is a very superstitious movie. Mm -hmm. And the reason at the end, when everything is resolved, the reason they can't get married is her fiance had left to go visit his dying mother, and the mother survives. And he's like, "If we get married, she'll die." And I'm like, "That makes no sense." But thank God, y'all aren't getting married. <laughs> you don't <laughs> <Yes>. belong together. <laughs> Nicholas Cage in this movie was kind of shocking because. Nick Cage in 1987 is not the same Nick Cage in 2021. Oh, no. I think everyone else's reputation pretty much remained the same or, you know, increased, you know, got better. We still love Cher. You know, this director, he's 94, he's still alive. Good for him. <laughs> he's kicking it. <laughs> yes. The screenwriter, John Patrick Shanley, he went on to um, direct and he still writes. But Nick Cage, our boy, how is he even in this movie, I ask? I know, I don't know how he got picked out for this. I mean, what roles did he have before this? So he wasn't in much. He'd been in, like, Fast Times at Richmond High, and then he'd been in a movie, Peggy Sue Got Married, which I think was directed by his uncle, because he, he was born into a Hollywood royalty family. So there was a lot of nepotism involved, and we speculate. Nobody really knows. But this was one of his earlier movies. This wasn't his first role as a leading man, but it was one of his very first. And he made this movie when everybody was like, oh, Nick Cage, we're gonna see great things from him. And that was partially true through the early 90s and like up until the 2000s, we kind of liked Nick Cage. Well, we were actually not even conceived yet, but the American public was like, okay, this guy makes some good movies. And then in the 2000s, this just all drag. Yeah, yeah. I think he's very attractive in this movie. Ugh. And the I don't opening know. scene when he's in the wife beater uh, muscles and stop <laughs> the hairy chest. Yes, oh, his special hair is wonderful in this movie. Oh, but and when he shaves it, it's so like sweet. They both dress up for each other. But anyways, like he, I don't know. Like it's it's kind of like he just was there. Like I couldn't tell if he was overacting. Like he wasn't an experienced enough actor, and mm -hmm. so he was overacting, or if. It, that was just actually how it was written. Yeah. Knowing what we know about Nick Cage, <laughs> I want to say he was overacting. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he was directed to be that over the top, but it was interesting. I was reading that the studio initially did not want to cast him. And then Cher was the one that insisted that he be cast and she would quit the film if he wasn't casting. So thanks for that one, Cher. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did you think of that first scene with him? With um, Nick Cage, mm -hmm. where he, he goes off about how horrible his life is. Yeah, he's got all this pent up tension, and it's like, dude, why? And it's basically him giving us all of this exposition. Um, he 
goes on this little rant about how his brother caused his was it his lover to go away or something yeah i paid attention to that scene for sure <laughs> but it kind of digresses into them eating dinner or something and then all of a sudden they're making out and sleeping with one another it goes fast things definitely escalated quickly and i was like oh my god why and the whole time Cher seems like she's annoyed with him yeah like she's like okay can we go talk because i want to move on with my life like i want to go marry your brother and even when they're sitting there like eating and she's like i just can we get this over with Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden they're like in bed together yeah and i guess it's kind of to be that kind of like oh well you you know that kind of sexy tension towards like we don't like each other but we're attracted to each other but it didn't make sense to me they, they say in the movie that Loretta is 37 years old. Do they ever say how old Ronnie is? Also, Ronnie and Johnny, like, could these characters have different names, please? But no, I don't think they ever say how old Johnny or Ronnie is, but I, I bet Johnny was a good bit older than her. You think Johnny must have been. Johnny must have been at least 10 years her senior. But Ronnie, because in real life they have this big age gap, almost two decades different, which we can talk about that more because that rarely happens in Hollywood and it's almost refreshing when it does. But I wonder how old he's supposed to be in this movie. Is he supposed to be a guy in his late 30s too? Or is he also supposed to be some young kid? I don't know. I feel like... Because if so, his brother and him have like a 30-year age gap. Yeah, I feel like if it's got to be like early 30s maybe yeah he just looks like such a little baby he does look older than 23 in this movie but he doesn't look older than like 30 you know do you think of the rest of the cast though oh my gosh the old man saved the movie really the one with the the dogs (laughs) the dogs every time he came on the screen i was so excited because i knew it was going to be like a good little moment it wasn't exactly like funny. It was just adorable. Like, he he saw the moon and he was like trying to get all the dogs to howl at the moon. It was so cute. Aww. Yeah, that was a cute scene. I think we talked briefly about the scene with the mother where she goes and she um kind of has this little date with this. Pre- Ooh, that's something we need to talk about that has not aged well at all. Is this professor? <laughs> But she goes on this little walk with this professor and then she sees the man with all the dogs and I wonder if that's the reason why she doesn't invite him into the house. Because she's been seen with him and she's like, it kind of seals the deal for her to where it's like, oh, I'm ashamed about this. Even though it's almost revenge on her husband, she's like, I need to be a woman of good faith. I don't know if it was exactly shameful. I like to think that maybe she was just that loyal that... She, you know, she had these suspicions, and they say a woman always knows yeah. about her husband. But I think she genuinely was like, I love my husband. I want to be with him because I don't. She was a proud woman, too. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know about that, but I like that. She's a strong, that... independent woman for sure. Mm-hmm. And it, you're right. It wasn't Shane because at that point she already knew her husband was cheating on her. And it just it seemed to me like I just want company. Maybe even reassurance that I'm desirable. Also, it didn't seem like she liked him very much. No. Like, she kind of disagreed with him about his view on women and relationships when they were sitting in that mm-hmm. that restaurant. There was this recurring theme of, why do men chase women? And they kept asking it over and over again, and I was like, give it an answer! Like, answer the question, you know? Oh, and the professor's answer was crap. So, basically, the professor meets young girls in his classes and he goes out with them for a few weeks 
and me, Claire and I are both in college right now, that just, like, little sirens went off in my head, like, red flags everywhere, like, oh my god, that is creepy, that is something that I don't think you could really put in a movie today without it being totally meant for comedy. No, or if you did, you would have to take the women's side. Yeah. Because even watching it and like their little interaction where she throws the water at him, I was like, "Good for you." Like, yes. He he seems to be in the wrong. Like he's like taking advantage of her. It almost seems like, and he has no problem with it. He is proud of it. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, I don't think they could have gotten away with that. Now. No, that's a good point because that the way they set that scene up is I was fully prepared to follow this little narrative of this young girl who just left the room and we never catch back up with her and it's all of a sudden this guy who was just mortified in this restaurant takes center stage as the man who's now going to talk to um i don't even remember the mother's wife mother's wife the mother's name we'll call her mother (laughs) but it really i kind of watching it and maybe it's because i identify with the young girl more than i do with the professor i expected it to oh we're now going to see part of her story and we never do and i feel i want to know what they were fighting about you know and i think they tried to make her seem like the crazy one like from the dialogue but i just wasn't buying it no no i'm like you're breaking up with a guy that is 40 years older than you you're probably not the problem honey like you're probably not the problem (laughs) and he looked so much younger than the than the mother yeah that's why i was like i mean i didn't get the attraction there she also just like constantly looked upset with him yeah she's always like smug and frowning and like hmm. <laughs> so i just again like that age gap like why were there so many big age gaps in this movie but i just didn't i didn't understand it it's kind of refreshing though because so often in these movies we see it the other way around where your leading man is going to be 20 30 years older than your um leading woman your leading lady um we talked about this a lot in harold and Maud two weeks ago where that whole entire movie the premise is this outlandish age gap between this man and a woman and it's funny because we're kind of continuing that theme here with moonstruck in a far more subtle way but Cher is almost 20 years older than nick cage it's kind of crazy and then to know that she fought for him to be in this movie that she wasn't gonna do it i want to know what's going on behind the scenes you know what i mean why Why? what was nick cage and Cher? was she a single woman at this point i don't know i really don't know Cher as a character what did you think of her as a female in this movie? Cher? Mm-hmm. Or just her character, Loretta? I think I think she was very lost. Um, she didn't really know what she wanted. She was just kind of settling. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they gave her this, like, air about her that she, like, was a strong woman. You know, when mm-hmm. Johnny proposes, she says, where's the ring? Why aren't, I... why aren't you down on one knee? Yes. But at the same time, she's taking whatever comes along. Mm-hmm. It's like, are you really in control of the relationship of your life but i did like the little moment where she goes and gets dolled up to go to the opera because you know there's something about a woman wanting to go and like better herself for any reason you know she she had let herself rest in that you know they talk about how she had uh procrastinated getting her hair done getting the gray taken out for so long and even if it was for a man, which we don't have to talk about that, <laughs> it's just nice to see a woman say, you know what? I want to be better for myself, too. Mm-hmm. I want to go and get my hair done and treat myself and, you know, maybe sleep with my fiance's <laughs> brother again. <laughs> Second night in a row. Oh, my gosh. 
do they end up yes they do because that was another scene that did not age well at all is pressuring her to go upstairs with him to and the way he the way he proposes to her i want you in my bed i want you in my bed i'm like oh that's romantic butter me up buttercup i did not feel romance at like any point in this movie (laughs) except for Maybe the part at the end, maybe like a romantic moment with the family when they're like, oh, Johnny has to stay. You know, you're part of the family now. Yeah. And it was kind of cute seeing them together, Ronnie and Loretta. But otherwise, I did not find it very romantic. I think the most romantic moment in the movie for me is the scene where she's just gotten all dolled up to go to the opera. It may not be great about making these events believable, but at least they feel authentic. She has gray, a little bit of gray in her hair. She doesn't dress like she's this dazzling actress or model. I mean, she dresses like anyone and what any um, widow would. And they kind of mousy her up a bit and she still looks beautiful because she's Cher. But the scene where she gets all dolled up and Nick Cage gets dolled up and they're at the opera and they don't see each other at first and you're just like, you guys are there. <laughs> like the, the touch is building. I thought that was really well done. I thought that was cute. Oh, uh, you know what else I really liked? The You know, you got the whole theme of the moon. Well, the first scene when they see the moon and I think it was Rita and her husband, which is, I guess, Loretta's aunt and uncle. Yeah. Um, And she looks at him and she says, you know, in that light, you look about 25 years old. (laughs) Oh, it was so sweet. And, you know, like, they did whatever they were going to do after that. Yeah, yeah. But it was just a sweet moment where you see, like, two older people, an older couple reconnect Mm -hmm. when they probably had it in a really long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The director of this movie actually um, fought for it to be called Moonstruck because apparently it had a different title and production and then the moon is everywhere in this movie it's one of the biggest symbols i guess it's a sign of like illuminating you know different thoughts and opinions and relationships i just again i didn't get it i feel bad i feel like i'm just crapping on this movie it was enjoyable but it it felt like it had too much potential like it could have gone so much further they could have done so much more but you know they had they had share they had share they had share so they had that going for them but it's also just not my typical rom-com at all. So it, it was good to branch out, but it just I'm used to the the cheap comedy, you know? Mm-hmm. So seeing this, it was a little bit deeper comedy, but it just didn't really resonate with me. Maybe a part of it is just they were still perfecting this formula and still seeing what works. I have different thoughts than you. I thought the movie was funny. I thought the dialogue was rich. And I thought the Italian culture was something that, yes, is played to a gimmick, it's played to a very um, simplified effect but i enjoyed it it brought some spice pun intended to this (laughs) to the story are you 19 yes okay and i'm 20 so i wonder if i were to return to this movie in like 10 to 15 years if i would appreciate it more because then i would be watching this through the lens of someone who also has been an adult and who has loved as an adult because we only understand these emotions as teenagers. That's fair. You yeah. know, I wonder if it, if this is a movie meant for a different audience. Because critics consider this the seventh best romantic comedy of all time. And I don't know why. The way they handle infidelity in this movie is another thing that just really didn't work for me. Loretta finds her father on a date with another woman and she's like, I won't tell mom if you don't. What the hell? That is not how people behave. 
and she only seems like what mildly like disturbed and she's just walking home like oh i guess that sucks your dad's cheating on your mother of many years. You should be angered. You should be infuriated. You shouldn't even want to talk to him. Yeah, there were parts where they really just nailed the family aspect. Uh -huh. Where they're all sitting around the table. The mom's like, I'll make you oatmeal. And she's like, I don't want oatmeal. I'm making you oatmeal. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. But then they show that and I'm like, this just isn't believable. Like, you would have been somewhat upset. And then, but maybe that's that theme again of maybe it isn't really true love. But then when it ends... The, her mother and her father are happy, things are fine. And I'm like, how do you move on from that? Yeah. How do you just accept that? And if you are going to stick with a the theme of maybe you don't really love each other, you still choose to stay together? Mm -hmm. And why would you even introduce that storyline if it wasn't going to be used to compliment or enhance or juxtapose another one? Like you have two affairs ongoing in this movie, but they don't seem to work in they, they they don't work in tandem you know the relationship between um we keep calling her share the relationship <laughs> between loretta and ronnie in this movie does not juxtapose anything you're seeing between her father and his mistress they're just two ongoing relationships and i just think that would have been such a great opportunity to to maybe make the comparison like love continues to struggle, love is a consistent fight, things like that, and maybe that's what they were going for and I just missed it. But do you see what I'm saying? Like narratively, they didn't set that storyline up for it to complement the story as a whole. No, I agree that if they had used that in comparison, like you said, it would have, it would have shown that you know, love is a choice and a yeah. constant choice you have to make. And you even see that in Loretta with, you know, she chose to wait for her husband, but now she's choosing not to. But they just really never, like, crossed over. You have that one moment in the opera mm -hmm. when she sees her father with his mistress. But, again, they just let it go. Well, like, this could have been a very valuable moment where maybe she had said, I can't do this. I can't do this to Johnny. Exactly. Or use it to and use it to illuminate another aspect of her relationship, but they never do. No, they didn't. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. What were you going to say? No, that was it. That was it. <laughs> I'm glad I summed it up for you. <laughs> yeah, and they also never explain. They they half-heartedly explain why Loretta's with Ronnie, but they never explain why the dad decided to be unfaithful to his wife, who seems like a caring, strong, kind of somewhat stubborn woman, but it wasn't clear to me and there were so many loose ends that I just feel were not tied up in the end or maybe too perfectly tied up in the end there was maybe too big a ribbon on this uh, present that and I was like it wh why did that end so well for everybody <laughs> there should have how been did that work for, out <laughs> yeah for real for real um like when Johnny comes home and he's like ah oh, I can't marry you I was like thank you somebody <laughs> had to do something about this situation I remember watching the movie and there's only about 20 minutes left after the opera scene and I just remember thinking to myself how are they gonna tie up all of these loose little pieces before this movie ends? Well the answer they're gonna do it in the easiest most cliche way possible. Everyone's just gonna happen to reunite in the same place and all the problems are solved. I could not find it re relatable or realistic that Loretta said, I want to admit to my fiance, who I'm supposed to marry in a month, whose mother is on her deathbed, that I cheated on him with his brother, who hates him, mm -hmm. in front of my entire family. I need my family here for that. Yeah, I was confused by that line too. But she's like, 
I want to have this conversation with my family here. And I'm like, girl, why? So I guess we can talk a little bit about the aftermath of this movie. Three Oscar wins, I already mentioned that. Cher won Best Actress. Cher had obviously already broken into stardom with Sonny and Cher, and she was now an independent pop singer, but she wanted to start dabbling in acting. I think her music career was kind of on a decline and she was ready to segue into something new. And she had a couple supporting roles before this, and then she had a couple leading roles. And um, this was the one that kind of sealed her fate as a Hollywood icon. She won the Oscar wearing a very scandalous dress. You'll have to look at the pictures. Um, Olympia Dukakis plays her mother. I, th I thought she was actually pretty good. Oh, I really love the mother. You did? Yeah, she, she just, you could see every emotion on her face, which was like no emotions. Mm -hmm. She just sat there like kind of letting everything happen to her all the time. I didn't realize that, but she just doesn't do much in this movie at all, yet you always understand exactly what she's thinking. And that has to be such a challenging thing to do as an actress, to be so reserved and subdued, yet still being able to convey these very powerful emotions. It won Best Screenplay, which I'm sure you disagree with. <laughs> so final thoughts on Moonstruck. I think it was entertaining and enjoyable. I'm not sure it quite fits the romantic comedy category. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure I can understand that it won awards. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> but Cher. Cher. Cher is beautiful. Cher is wonderful. I really enjoyed the movie. Make it make sense. Make the motivations of these characters translate for me. But I would recommend it to anybody. And I'll probably return to this in about 15 years to see if it, seriously, to see if it's different watching it as someone in their 30s who's experience love and loss. I'd be interested to see like what my parents think of it. If yeah. my, if like my mom has seen it. But I, I agree. I think it would be worth watching. Yeah. When I have grown and maybe am married and who knows. The key to a good romantic comedy is after you finish watching it, you sit there and you're like, Wow, if only I could have someone sweep me off my feet like that, you know? You put yourself in the shoes of the protagonist in that movie. And in this movie that only happened when Cher walked out of the salon and looked like a million bucks. That was the only time where I was like, what I would give to be this woman. Other than that, it never really occurred to me. And I think that's part of the reason why I don't have this strong emotional attachment to this movie like I did, honestly, with the last two ones I reviewed. No, I, comp I completely agree with that. It, it was not, it did not seem like a desirable relationship in any way. Mm -hmm. Like, you could tell that they were very infatuated with each other, but even like the concept of love because there was not a ton of romance i felt like between them yeah that was just it was just so unbelievable yeah it didn't pull at the heartstrings the way that i expected to but like we said again and also part of it's maybe because unlike most female characters in romantic comedies share is not share <laughs> Loretta's not searching for love. She's not a hopeless romantic. Maybe that's part of the reason why this didn't work for us the way we thought it would is because we're so conditioned to receiving those very stereotypical females that work for a magazine and they're, you know, pursuing a guy. She seems very much in control of her own life the entire time. And it seems like the romance is just occurring. She's not necessarily an agent of this relationship. And so that's part of the reason that maybe I didn't get wrapped up into it the way I did because the chase is structured very differently. Yeah, she just kind of seems indifferent to mm -hmm. her life. Even in moments where she was like, no, I can't sleep with you. Like, I have to go marry your brother. It's just like, 
lasted about 30 seconds and then she was like okay i guess i will there's no chase you know they get together boom now we need to watch this unfold most romantic comedies have that chase that will they or won't they are they gonna make it together this one you still are rooting for her and ronnie to be together but at the same time you were like but you guys have already kind of sealed the deal and Loretta is not doing a lot in this movie to prove to me that she's in love with Ronnie. Although Ronnie says it multiple There was also no, like, threat of Johnny finding out, of them getting caught. That's a good point. The stakes were low. So, it just, it was, it didn't have that, like, excitement, but it also didn't have, like, the romanticism, I guess. That's a really good point. I didn't realize that. Because you're right. I never once was like, what if they find out? It never mm -hmm. even occurred to me. Um, and then when they do find out, it's kind of, oh, shrug your shoulders, don't say anything. <laughs> yeah, and, like, I feel like every movie that you see where somebody cheats, you're like, oh, my gosh, like, I just wish they would tell them so we don't have to keep worrying about it. And they do that in this movie, and it was just kind of boring. <laughs> so now I think I understand more why in other movies they, they, uh, they don't tell the person mm -hmm. who's being hurt or whatever yeah. so they can keep that suspense alive but they Narr did it in this one narratively it works better to keep the chase up until the final moment and i think that's what they were doing in this and like we said we are the total outliers like the rest of the world adores this movie mm -hmm. i liked it but it would not be a 94 percent on rotten tomatoes <laughs> if i was writing the reviews <laughs> i guess thinking like emotionally i can't see it was why it was very appealing mm -hmm. and that might just be like a generational thing like the time when it came out my, my attachment to share to the cage <laughs> but when we like broke it down and looked at like the narrative yeah even that wasn't super impressive yeah i don't know i just it's hard for me to believe that this has a 94 on Rotten tomatoes <laughs> a 94 Rotten tomatoes wins it was nominated i want to say for six oscars three wins the public loves this movie I enjoyed it, but number seven, no. Thank you so much for joining me, Claire. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yes, go out, watch some good movies. Let me know. Next week, I'll be covering Adam's Rib, so please tune in. Um, how should we end the podcast, Claire? I don't know. Really good With solid. the moon, it's your <laughs> I like it. It's your Perfect. Thank you, everyone. Goodbye.